0: On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about the disappointment in the Minnesota Vikings game and get right into the San Francisco preview. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our website, PackersPodcast.com.
1: And time running out the first half. Rogers is going deep for Valdez Scandling. And he's got it! Into the end zone! Touchdown Packers! Marquez, Valdez, Scanlon.
0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan. Join as always better, Josh and Dan. Hello, gents.
2: Uh, <laughs> do we have to do this? Yeah. <laughs> it's always disappointing, too, because we don't get Fuse's you know, crazy beginning Either. We don't deserve it's it. We so don't deserve disappointing. It. It's every
1: time. It's like every time we get overconfident, they yep. just go out there and like. Remember, in the words of Brian Kelly, winning is hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's tough too because I think, I know we were looking ahead. I'm sure they'd admit they were looking ahead a little bit to the 49ers, but it's just it's such a bummer because you you want to keep the momentum going in the north. Going on that West Coast swing, it allows you a little bit more breathing room, especially with the Bears not being able to capitalize. It just, it sucks. But you know what? I think, again, similar to last year, uh, while we would love to have won this kind of game, similar to the Chargers game last year, I think we would have taken five and two through, you know, these first kind of eight weeks. But it's. Yes. But yep, this yep. this one hurts <laughs> so much more than the Buccaneers loss. The Buccaneers
1: loss, I washed away. This loss irks me in so many ways.
0: Is it purely because it's the Vikings? Like if this would have been the uh, the Cardinals came to town and they beat up on us, would you feel the same no, way?
2: No, it's how we lost. We beat ourselves. Um, it's
0: because we knew exactly what was coming. Yeah. Well, let's go right into it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Viking. we are. Uh, Vikings 28, Packers 22. I know that they'll consider the first half of five possession uh half because the Packers technically got it, but really it was four. And I don't remember in all of my years of watching a bajillion football games, a half that was literally <laughs> two <laughs> possessions <laughs> each and scores on all of them. Like, I, I just don't ever remember that. Uh, Dalvin Cook is just a man. All but 100 yards of Minnesota were through him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't look too bad Definitely missed some throws Which I think we can blame the win to some extent But still pushing 300 yards Three touchdown passes to Adams uh, The last of which was an absolute beauty But let's start Just as an overarching Thought process I think we want to dive into coaching in general it Includes a little bit of the defense A little bit of the offense So let's just hear it
2: You know, let's just start with the defense I guess you know, the first half, looking back on it, I'm, I'm most disappointed in the first half just because of how easy it was for them to move the ball um, and and control the clock. We, we let them do whatever they wanted. Um, we didn't set them up in uncomfortable third down situations. They normally had third, and sh- third and short um, on their first two drives. Um, and then once I got in the red zone, it was just it, uh, it was easy. It was just. Picking, picking where to go. Um, so uh, overall, the coaching, I just don't understand the game plan that they came out with. They, You know, you, you brought up before, Dan, <clears throat> about Fennel saying how much we were stacking the box. But where were they? Where were the guys? There were at times there would be one person showing up, you know, hitting the hole. But where was everyone else helping them out? Where were the hats um, helping bring down Cook? Cook is not a one man Uh, bring down you you got to put multiple bodies on him to bring him down to the ground Um, and you could see that multiple one-on-one times he broke the tackle so i i just don't understand the game plan overall
1: yeah let me caveat that with the first half game script was exactly what i was hoping it would be on the preview episode i said get in get out run the clock shorten the game abbreviate this hopefully no injuries and get ready for thursday night So we got a long 10 or 12-play drive touchdown. They come back, run the ball. It's like, all right, we'll we'll figure that out. We go down and score again. So as the Vikings come back down the field for their would-be second touchdown, essentially as they entered the red zone, I said out loud, essentially to the walls, because I'm pretty sure nobody was listening in my household, but I said out loud, just like this podcast, nobody in my household listens. (laughs) I said out loud, this is exactly the formula for how you beat the Packers. Good thing the Vikings don't have a defense, because I figured a team that can run on us and a team with a good defense mm-hmm. appears appears to have everything needed to just blow us out of the water. So if I can take back my Super Bowl prediction and fourteen and two predictions, I would love to do that right now because that looks really <laughs> stupid. But I'm more demoralized. I think the offense or the def, the Packers defense getting run all over. Everyone has been on the pet and train at some point in time. I think everyone's probably firmly jumping on it right now. I'm more demoralized that the offense couldn't figure it out. This was a defense playing backups of backups of backups, and guys were going down during the game. And I can't blame just the weather, because the Vikings had no problem scoring points. So I'm more demoralized that we couldn't match them.
2: Yeah, and, and especially the first two drives of the second half for our offense. Like, what the heck, Lafleur said it on after the game. Um, he, he said that the 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 passes that went to Irvin were run pass options, and you know they were run first options. Um, and he wasn't aware of why Rodgers had made the change, but I just don't understand how Rodgers or whoever made the call didn't run. When Jamal Williams at that time was averaging around five yards a carry, he was running really well. Our offensive line was handling the defensive line in rushing situations. But then we set ourselves up for failure and third and long where we where we have struggles because we don't have the wide receivers that can create separation. And we don't have Alan Lazard when he can't create separation. He at least catches the ball.
1: Uh, Equinemius. Oh, equinemius.
2: You got to catch that, man.
1: Got I'm, rooting. To. I'm rooting for you, dude. But two drops in a row. Oh, equanimous. <laughs> yeah. And the in touchdown. That end zone? Yeah. Oh. I,
0: if he would have actually, if he wouldn't have jumped forward, it om, it almost seemed like he thought the ball was going to be short. So then he came back towards uh, the corner, in which case, if he just stayed right where he was, I, I think he just catches it just standing there. Like six, I don't. 6'4.
1: Yeah. 6'4, you got to win a one on one jump ball after dropping a third down conversion. That was demoralizing jamal williams averaged 4.7 yards at carry why he wasn't getting why Rodgers had to throw the ball 41 times mm-hmm. it, it was really one of these dreaded scenarios it, the same spot that i said imagine a team with a defense you know there's the recipe for beating us was the point that they had this 14 point swing they were able to score going into halftime and get the ball coming out and then you're thinking all right in this back and forth game we just lost our advantage and it Rogers has always been this way so it's hard to throw him under the bus but don't you just wish there was a guy on our team that huddled him up and fired him up on a, on a lifeless performance like this. And we've addressed this on the podcast before. There's not a guy on that roster that appears to pump up the team and get them refocused. I, I envision Tom Brady walking the sidelines, just cussing everyone out, yelling at them. And that's his motivation technique. And it's worked. It doesn't have to be yelling at everybody, but Rogers kind of just goes into a shell and just starts chucking mm-hmm. the ball everywhere. It's like,
0: well, that's, I think that's my point. I don't know if it's lifeless. I think we abandon ship awfully fast on offense. And no, you yeah. look at the losses with LaFleur as head coach. They aren't – other than the Eagles game, which was just a wild, weird game, our losses are – just butt whoopings that yep. we get down. And then even though we're down by two touchdowns, the Vikings, it automatically seemed like every play needed to go at least 20 yards, yep. every single play. And whether that's a little bit of Lafleur, fleur, whether that's a little bit of Rogers thinking, I just need to get this in. I don't know if it's necessarily a, Hey, let's get this offense going versus we had these check down passes all damn day. Like there was somebody that was going to be open the running did well. I I just, I get so frustrated with this team from behind and maybe it is because we have Adams and that's really our only threat, but it just feels like everything goes deep. Like it, you brought it up coming out of that half. There should be no reason on a third down and 10 that if you know for a fact, you're going to use pretty much four downs the rest of the way in get something. Why are we chucking it 30 yards downfield? Like it makes no sense to me and it goes back to I think that when we're winning, we have a style of play on offense. It doesn't matter whether we're winning, losing. I go back to what I said 2 weeks ago. This defense just doesn't have an identity. Like we're not a we're not a turnover team, we're not a run defense team. Uh other than Alexander, I, our secondary. Jannon Sullivan was rough today. Amos these last couple of weeks has definitely played Most, better. Amos played well. Yeah. But, man, I, I just – I blame 80% of this on coaching. 100 And plays called. Yeah. And, and 80%? And 20%. percent uh, No, because you can't miss that many tackles and, and miss assignments as badly. I, I just – Rodgers yes. uh Tanyan uh or or jace who was the one both actually jace was wide open could have gone further and and uh tanyan could have probably ran with it as well but it's just it's weird to me that i don't think that the players are necessarily clicking and the coaches definitely aren't putting them in the best situation either
1: hold on did you just agree with me Rodgers can't hit a tight end in stride no, yep. this, is, this is three weeks in a row now that he's missing open tight ends, and it, it's just that specific position. I use the word lifeless because this was the first time I noticed no fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. And and I started wondering as I sank into the couch and just became one with the cushions, if there were fans in the stands, would it change the mentality of this game? And, you know, a couple go pack go chants, a couple of those, like, angry cheers of figure it out, get it together – I don't know, just wishful thinking as a fan, but it felt lifeless to me. Maybe not to everybody, but as you just get pounded on the whole game,
0: I will say Lambo seems like the quietest stadium. Yeah, like when you watch, I watch any other game. I don't know who's in charge of the volume control, and maybe the wind was just taking in. and there's some true. scientific <laughs> method that my dumb brain can't handle the sound wave projection. It was quiet, and it felt weird that when they pumped in sound, it was like they recorded 20 people in the corner of the end zone. Like It never felt like a, a, a true crowd. It was always just like, let's pick our top 20 fans online, yell into your microphone. Like It was a horrible sounding game.
1: They got the the 10 rich people at the Kohler Lodge. And like, Can you just do a go pack go chant really fast?
2: <laughs> but yeah, I just want to hammer home on the point of Petten and why I believe he does need to go. Um, I, I think we do have talent on the defensive side, but we're not putting them in positions to succeed. I mean, where was Kenny Clark? Where was Preston Smith again? Where were our linebackers? I mean, yeah, yeah. But like you got, I mean, the amount of times that these guys are on the field and the amount of times that they have a chance to make a play. And then you pretty much waste five snaps for most of them doing some stupid crap. So I don't understand it. I don't understand what he thinks he, who he thinks he is fooling. um, But it's not working. And I, I I really, if something doesn't turn around in the San Francisco game, which I don't expect it to, (laughs) but If something doesn't turn around, you have to make a change here. There is no life on defense. They can't turn the ball over, and they can't stop anybody. So what good is Patton? Yes, I think we could have a worse defensive coordinator, but we need a better one. Sometimes
1: you just need change, and the the better one for this year – here's the question. I mean the better one for this year has to come from your existing staff. Mm Mm-hmm. So who would that be? I don't know. But there were multiple times. Sorry, Ryan, I just (laughs) I'll squeeze this in there. There were multiple times where it was third and short and, you know, the Vikings are running and our linebackers are still six yards back, our middle linebackers. There was one time we were in that psycho package where only Kenny Clark had his hand down and everybody else is in a two point stance. And it was a a short to go situation. And I'm like, well, the team that is so successfully just running all over us, we're going to do a bunch of stand up and stand back kind of uh formations like what yeah. is this?
2: and corners corners were lining up 10 yards off consistently the most I mean Thielen only had three catches I think two of his catches no one was even guarding him yeah. they were 10 yards off just following him so like, waiting Josh, for him to catch it
1: do you have LaFleur's quote in front of you because I think to the point of Petten Petton, he sort of set up a possible change going into this week
2: I I don't have it in front of me I don't have the exact quote in front
1: of me paraphrase it for everybody because i think it was an important uh political move that
2: he just made. Yeah, so they they asked about, you know, w- why you guys couldn't stop the run, you guys knew it was coming and he pretty much said, yeah, we did know it was coming and that's an issue. And guess what? 4 days from now we also know it's coming and if we don't stop it then, uh something needs to be done instantly to create change. And along those measures, um either hinting at player change or possibly a coach change, who knows.
0: No, it makes total sense because you're not going to let go of your D coordinator when you're four days away from facing the NFC champion. And then the schedule could not have been any better because now you have 10 days until your next game and it's at home against Jacksonville. So if there is a, a perfect scenario for a new defensive coordinator, it would be 10 days with this team at home facing a Jaguars team that does not scare me. Uh, yeah. And so I, I don't – there's no other perfect time frame at all this whole season because Colts will see what happens, Bears twice, Eagles are so up and down and weird. Like now would be the time. It's either Mike Pettin for the rest of the year or Mike Pettin after uh, San Francisco. And, and even if they have a good game, even if they go out to San Francisco and get a win and we just feel like, damn, this is it, I, I just I, – I wonder if this is just the out that they take to go. We need some momentum going in the second half. We'll take it.
1: Yeah. To your point, even if they go and beat San Francisco, San Francisco is so banged up. I don't know what you take out of that from a, a commitment standpoint to your existing ways. And do you not just get this feeling? And then I think we got to jump off the, the negative train. But do you not just get this feeling that the current Packers roster and coaching staff, as configured, goes into the playoffs, maybe wins a game, but doesn't get to the Super Bowl? They have No. These, no easy, these weaknesses that everybody knows about that they didn't address in the draft that they're not addressing during the year through schemes and, and coaching, it's like anyone that can run and play a little bit of defense is going to kill us.
0: Yep. Yeah, we just have no punch on defense, similar to Chicago Bear wide receivers. So, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> all seven touchdowns by two guys. How crazy! <laughs> I mean, it. Look, this it, is it's one of those situations that the the Packers played. Uh, not their best, and they still had multiple times in that fourth quarter. I really did think we were going to score twice in the fourth quarter and at least push overtime. Like, I, I really, really did think that. And, um, it's just, yeah, I mean, Adams is the best. Uh, Rodgers was a little off, but he, I mean, he's still doing what he needs to do. Tanya Jamal, great. uh, Tanya great. Yeah. And, and so it's just, it's tough because, uh, It's just such a weird game. Like there was no opportunity for field goals. We were going for two, which I was like, oh, okay. I guess we're going for this. Like I it's a weird game and we still almost pull it off. So I don't know. I'm not going to I didn't lose sleep over it as much as I thought I was going to when the game ended. I'm like, this is going to piss me off for a while. And it ended up being one of those things that, you know, by the afternoon, I'm just like, you know what? Whatever. We got to win the North. Uh, who knows what this playoff situation is gonna be with without crowds. Like let's just let's just get a win in San Francisco and all of this is forgotten.
1: I don't know. It it changed my entire outlook on the season. So I'm the exact opposite of you.
0: I am the
2: exact opposite too.
1: I, I just feel oh, like that's that's that just <laughs> they just He's exposed to bring us up. They just exposed every weakness we knew we had and it's like, well, some team's gonna figure that out in the playoffs. And against a bad or, team or if Devontae goes down i mean this was Devontae with three touchdowns it still wasn't like he had 150 yards but if Devontae
0: goes down ugh, we ain't gaining any yards
1: so other I, than I'll, Henry, I'll
0: give, other than Henry and i guess i guess we'll face uh CMC later it dalvin's the best player we faced this entire year like he is even regardless of how these last kind of two games of the season go he's top 3 and he went off like we had one guy one guy beat the packers like that's it Well, two, Uh, Pettin and then (laughs) Delvin that's There's only two people that beat us. It's
1: just— I will give credit. Uh, At one point, I was saying to myself, this whole defense is just Jair Alexander, and then Adrian Amos was showing hustle that I don't think I was seeing from a lot of players, especially our— edge setters Mm -hmm. um so i'll give amos credit he he had a a good game it it didn't show obviously other than the tackle uh box score the the tackle uh number in the box score but he was all over he was trying to force fumbles he was trying to do his part that secondary's got a tackle man Mm
0: So let's transition. We're doubling it up in one episode, Thursday night in San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> right now, San Francisco, I uh, Schneidman threw this out there. Right now, they are going to be without Jimmy G, uh, Mossert, Kittle, Debo, Bosa, D Ford, <laughs> Richard Sherman. Like, you're talking about all those guys uh, outside of Jimmy G. Potentially being like Pro Bowl esque kind of people that are just no longer um, going to be playing on Thursday. Now, who knows what's happening because today broke. Uh, AJ mm-hmm. Dillon had COVID. So we have some players that weren't at practice today. I think they did all virtual practice today, anyways. Um, but some guys pulled aside, not on injury reserve, just purely contact tracing. I hope that doesn't spread. And that's uh, Jamal because,
1: Williams and Kamal
0: Martin. Yeah. So
1: not, and, not any two guys but two important guys
0: and it would just be i i, I joked but like this shouldn't be a joking matter because <laughs> of everything going Do on it. but like it, let's say hypothetically we have a little mini outbreak and we no longer play the 49ers with them missing everybody and it's just like man this is whew. So you, got, uh, you got hope we're gonna win I really uh, well. This is the best case scenario. When's the, if I would have told you before the season that those seven guys weren't going to be playing oh, for sure, and, it would have been like, oh my god, let's just. And, and we're getting guys back.
1: From the sounds yeah. of it, you know the the practice uh, tendencies of Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones are going to be trending in the right way this week. So in, in this long game that we said maybe they're resting guys so they can be fresh for the 49ers, maybe they were doing that, and it, it bit them in the butt a little bit because you didn't pull out that W you thought you had in your pocket. Uh, but if we can get some of those guys back and be going against you know second stringers with the Niners, the part that worries me is these were second stringers on the Vikings defense, and it, there was wind, but we didn't do much with that either.
2: Yeah, that's what worries me. My, my worry is not trusting Pettin anymore. I mean, that's literally my worry. I do not trust him to come up with a better game plan than the the opposing coach. Um, and especially the 49ers head coach, uh, Shanahan, um, one of the best play callers in all of the NFL. Yes, they are beat up, but he's going to get creative. He's going to put us in matchups that we we will lose. Uh, and, um, <laughs> so he, will ma- he will match up Will Redman He'll match up Raven Green if he plays Against Ayuk, Bourne, whoever And have them do get the ball in their hands And let them go um, I'm still afraid of this 49ers offense Yes, they don't The biggest miss that they have is Kittle Kittle opens up their offense Unlike mm-hmm. anyone else Even if he doesn't get receptions He still uh, carries two people with him um, But Ayuk and Bourne Kendrick Bourne both solid wide receivers, especially in this past showing against the CL, you know, the worst secondary and probably NFL, but
0: a good showing. Yeah, I my biggest fear. Is we lose, but we lose because of the guy that we all thought we were going to draft in Ayuk, not only is he going to he is he's going to play a Tyler Irving style for the 49ers, which. You are going to see him in motion. You are going to see him running with the ball. You are going to see him catching with the ball. Uh, yards after catch are fantastic for him. I my fear is our defense just again doesn't hold up, and we get burned by players that we thought we were going to have. Uh, and, and man, I I, I don't know. I, I don't. Jimmy G definitely hasn't had the greatest of seasons. Uh, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, Mullins has a better rating than him. Uh, mcKinnon is no slouch uh hasty is a decent player uh, they still have just so much talent uh and especially if you look at our wide receiver crew especially after Adams it's it's similar between Ayak born all these players it's like yeah it's a very very comparable team in terms of their wide re- or receivers also run with the ball and their running backs also go out and receive uh catches as well but i I think this is definitely going to have to be one of those games that our offense is just clicking. And uh, LaFleur is 0-2 versus kind of big brother and Shanahan. This needs to be the game that he cracks it. Third time the term of just how creative can we get? Because that's what I thought we were going to see in the Vikings game with no secondary. I thought for sure it was going to be wait till you see what we have coming up. And it didn't show, especially in that second half. So it's, yeah, San Francisco definitely banged up, but they're, their offseason was purely to stack the seconds, and it's going to show. Uh, stack they hung the with, seconds. Yeah, they like hung it. with Seattle, and they're going to hang with the Packers. So, damn. Damn. Ugh, man. <laughs> well, and their defense is good.
2: I mean, they, they were good. down. They, I mean, they got down because it got messy, and people got injured in San Francisco. A couple turnovers went in the other direction, but their defense still plays good, you know, and they are more physical than us. You know, I I was talking to a guy that we're going to have on the show for Carolina, um, but he, he said it perfectly. The Packers are soft. Um, The past two games, like we look soft, especially on defense. Um, We're just getting pushed around wherever they want us to go. Um, We can't tackle from the secondary standpoint, it looks like we're just hugging and dancing with them. Um, it, it, it is, it is scary, uh, to say that the banged up San Francisco 49ers, as much as they are banged up, I, I feel, I feel scared about playing them on Thursday.
1: They still have a good offensive line and a good offensive scheme. And I I think the Vikings beat us with a good offensive scheme and a good running back, But I would argue you could do even more damage with an average running back and a very good offensive line, which is what the 49ers have. There were too many plays last week where Rashawn Gary was on his ass, where Dean Lowry was four yards in the back in, in our defensive backfield. For me to have any faith and Jimmy Garoppolo being gone, I think Garoppolo is no better than Nick Mullins. And Ryan, you hit it on the stats. Finkel is Einhorn, Einhorn is Finkel. I I think you can (laughs) rotate those two guys, and it makes no difference. The the issue they're missing, Kittle is so much fun to watch. Everyone knows how great he is, but him in the run game makes a huge difference too. So when it comes to our edge setters who haven't been setting an edge – If you don't have this Pro Bowl tight end in there and you're still getting drowned up and they're able to run outside you or push you wherever they want you, I'm done with it. And I think that's a pettin has got to go moment. But yeah, I'm I'm looking for a little manning up. And if I were a coach this week, I would have them hitting that practice. The problem is it's a four-day week and they're virtual. So you literally can't even put them through a tougher drill just to yell at them and ask them to wake up. So with all that
0: said, I predict this game's lower scoring. Yeah, I do agree with you. I think that that the, the line play on both sides is going to be huge, and I think that's been my biggest disappointment is the lack of pressure that we're getting, and hopefully Bakhtiari is back uh, because it just feels like over the last three weeks, the amount of times that these opponents with a three, sometimes four-man rush are at least putting enough pressure on Rodgers where he's getting out of the pocket and oh. it, it just can't happen. And I, I hope and pray at some point the Packers pass rush from previous years will show up that I don't need a sack every damn play, but at least at least make the quarterback slide to one freaking side or another. And yeah. and, and so it's a push. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um who knows who's in our backfield, who knows who our offensive line is, is lined up against, but it just it's a little nerve-wracking because this San Francisco 49ers, even though they got beat up a little bit against Seattle, still have currently the 8th-ranked defense in the league. Yep. Like They're Never no had. slouch
1: regardless. So just, just watch out for Fred Warner. Yeah. 54. He's so much fun. I know he went down last week, but it, it looked like – I don't know if he came back, uh, but it looked like an injury that he was going to be able to come back from. And I wanted to bring this point up, so I'm glad it's the same episode because it was really an issue I had with the game against the Vikings. But how many inside zones we ran out of shotgun to Jamal Williams when they weren't working and we're still like, well, just run a power play out of shotgun and just see if it works. But I did think there were gaps that Aaron Jones could hit that Jamal Williams wasn't. And I don't mean like straightforward. He would have gotten there quicker. I mean it required a little bit of shiftiness that we all know Aaron Jones is a little better at than Jamal Williams. So if you can get him and Bakhtiari back, then I won't be so mad about the inside zone out of shotgun 45 times in a row. But you got to have the right players in there to hit those gaps. So, we're, all, we're all over the place on this podcast. Yeah, I feel <laughs> <We're mad>.
2: cautious.
0: <laughs> My head's spinning. It, it, I, I guess we'll just summarize it in short. We didn't come to play against Minnesota, and if we do that same effort, it is going to be a very, very long Thursday night. So with that, what is our predictions as we head back to hell in the Bay Area?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll start this
0: off. Um, the, the, over, the over-under
2: uh, is 51 this week, which I thought is a little low. Um, but mm-hmm. I think we're going to come in and we lose, and I'm going over. I'm predicting the over um, 31-24. I think we lose. Um, I, I just don't trust this defense, especially after Minnesota. We had one thing to do and we couldn't do it. Yes, Cook is really good, right? But we have plenty of talent on this defense to stop it. Um, and I just don't think we have the right brain uh, to match up against elite offenses. Um, <clears throat> and then on the offensive side, I just don't. I don't think our offensive line holds up. The past two weeks have shown us major weaknesses. Yes, Bakhtiari has been out, but our offensive line still has decent players on it that play on other spots on the line. So the fact that they have allowed so much pressure in the past two weeks with very little blitzing is a very glaring sign. So I just don't think they can hold up. Um, but then the on the losing side, MVP, I, I'm still going to – uh, go with uh, the running back spot Whoever's starting Aaron Jones Jamal Williams um, I think they're going to be key in this game um, To to help out uh, Devontae Adams in the passing game
1: What was my Game of the year coming in I'm now so frustrated going into it uh, I don't know why But let's just say the Packers still win this game 21-20 I do think it's going to be lower scoring So a Vegas over under a 51 I think is high I, I'm on the opposite end of that um, I, I think they're going to be scheming and and hitting each other a little bit. The Packers need a bit of a wake up call, but at the end of the day, with the 49ers missing so many guys, boy, if you come out of this with a loss, I'm on full tilt on on just how bad we might be. That what that would be such a turnaround from where we were, you know, pre Buccaneers. Um, so I got us going in, and finding a way, but in a low scoring slugfest, 21-20. MVP is going to be Aaron Jones. He's going to come back is gonna be on the line and he's gonna have himself a little bit of a day. Not record setting numbers, but just enough to say, Oh, we missed you, little buddy. Thanks for coming back.
0: <laughs> so you have him winning. Yeah, why not? <laughs> man. I oh man. I We should have had you go this, last. It yeah, I like can Dan. see I can see this going so many different ways. Um, I can see the Packers finally clicking and Mullins making some bad mistakes and and things just clicking enough to to get it going. I think it's the exact same feeling that Dan has, except it's the reverse. I think it's 24-20, 49ers, where we look back at it and go, huh, the defense actually wasn't too bad. The offense had moments, but it just, again, was these wasted 10-minute opportunities where This is your time to prove that not only you're a playoff team, but you're a deep run playoff team. And we will Nick say that after this week that, yes, we will be in the playoffs. But, man, whoever we face in week one is going to be just hold on to your seats and hope something good happens. So uh, MVP, I will say Jair will get an interception. uh, But it's just, yeah. I, I think it's just we're not where we need to be, and w- another trade deadline goes by, and unless something happens in twelve hours, uh, it's just it's just a bummer that we have the pieces and we're not that far away, and yet we've gone now two years without getting over that hump.
1: Yeah, damn let's, it. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm staying straight down the middle politically here, but let's hope there's a lot of good news in the next twenty four hours, including the Packers trade deadline.
2: Yeah. yeah. And who would have thought we missed Kevin King so much? I sort of miss mm, him. I miss eh. him a little.
1: He does tackle better than the replacements. <laughs> yeah. And,
2: and and catches the ball.
0: Mm,
1: Josh Jackson. Uh... Tackle. <laughs> hey, actually, guys.
0: Josh Jackson's tackling ability when he's in the end zone and a ball <laughs> player is actually pretty darn Excellent. good. Excellent. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. so, with that, go vote, everybody. Whoever you're voting for, just go. Go vote. This is, uh, we need this. So, until next time, thanks everybody. Go back up.